Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Monday, February 5th, TH, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. Riverside is bracing for a chilly day with a high of just 54.3 degrees and a low tipping the scales at 53.2. Wrapping up warm is the way to go as we dive into today's pressing news. First, we'll take a deep dive into the political scene where the Senate has just pulled the curtains back on a staggering $118 billion bipartisan bill targeting border security and management. Despite the cross-party support, GOP leaders are raising their eyebrows in opposition. We'll be breaking down the critical sticking points and potential impacts of this legislative powerhouse. Moving over to the Golden State, the 2025 race for the House is already heating up. California's swing districts are becoming the battlegrounds that could pivot the control of the U.S. House. We'll explore what's at stake and which candidates are shaping up to tip the scales in this political tug-of-war. Lastly, we'll take to the skies with an update on the aerospace giant Boeing. The company's supplier, Spirit Aerosystems, has encountered turbulence leading to an official investigation. These complications have cast a shadow of concern over the safety of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 aircraft an issue we know travelers and industry insiders will want to keep a close eye on. Stay with us as we unpack these stories and provide insight on the ramifications these developing situations may have, both at home and abroad. We turn now to a major story coming out of Washington. Senate negotiators have struck a bipartisan deal, introducing a hefty $118 billion bill that not only addresses the U.S.-Mexico border but also includes international aid. Ethan's been following the developments closely. Ethan, can you break down what this bill contains and why it's so significant? Sure, Grace. This bill is quite comprehensive in terms of border security and foreign aid. For starters, it lays out clear provisions to strengthen border measures, providing additional resources and changing some of the rules around asylum. It also earmarks significant aid for Ukraine and Israel, along with funding for humanitarian assistance in various global conflict zones. With such extensive provisions, it sounds like a robust step forward. But not everyone is on board, right? That's correct. Despite bipartisan backing in the Senate, House Republican leaders have called it dead on arrival. However, we're seeing Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer pushing to advance the bill this week, with President Biden also backing it, citing the need for a more orderly and secure border. Now, Ethan, let's dig a little deeper into those border security measures. What exactly are they proposing? Well, they're looking to set specific conditions for when the president can shut down the border, which is unprecedented. The bill also tightens asylum qualification rules to dissuade migrants from attempting to cross the border. The objective is to address the immediate concerns of border officials and those in border towns who have been overwhelmed by crossings. What about the funding for international efforts? That's a lot of money we're talking about. Yes, it is, Grace. The bill includes billions in aid, with $14 billion allocated to Israel, $60 billion to Ukraine as it continues to resist Russian aggression, and considerable funding for Indo-Pacific nations. Plus, there's $10 billion in humanitarian aid directed at conflict zones, which speaks to the U.S.'s role on the international stage during these critical times. With former President Trump and some conservative lawmakers objecting, could there be potential implications for the bill's future? It's quite possible, Grace. Former President Trump's disapproval carries weight with many Republican voters. 
conservatives argue that the bill doesn't go far enough in terms of funding for border security and enforcement measures. On the other hand, progressives are concerned about the stricter asylum standards causing more chaos, not less, at the border, and question aspects of the asylum system's overhaul. So, with these criticisms and the opposition from House Republicans, what are the chances this will pass? Analysts are skeptical, Grace. While Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell supports the deal, especially the aid for Ukraine, many Senate Republicans have hinted they won't back it. We're waiting on a procedural vote that's due to happen this week, which should give us a clearer picture of its fate. Understanding the bill's complexities and the mixed reception it's getting is essential. Thank you for that thorough analysis, Ethan. Anytime, Grace. We'll keep our eyes on how this unfolds. Next, let's move on to our second story of the day. We're diving into story number two now, where the political landscape in California is catching national attention yet again. Chloe, what can you tell us about the current state of play in the fight for control of the U.S. House? Thanks, Grace. California is always an interesting state politically, but what's really captivating this time around is that even though it's seen as a Democratic stronghold, there's a handful of districts that could swing either way. Now, according to ABC News and the Associated Press, these areas could ultimately decide who's going to take the House in 2025. And which districts are we talking about here? Where should our focus be? There are a few hotspots to keep an eye on. For instance, the 27th district in Los Angeles County, which leans heavily Democratic, is one to watch. Then there's Orange County's 47th district, which historically has been conservative but has shown blue streaks recently. Additionally, the Central Valley Farm Belt and other districts to the east of LA are expected to have competitive races. How are numbers looking right now between the two parties? It's tight, Grace. Currently, we've got 219 Republicans and 213 Democrats in the House, with three seats sitting empty. Every seat is going to count and that's why both parties see California's swing districts as critical. The governor of California is getting involved as well, right? Absolutely. Governor Gavin Newsom isn't sitting on the sidelines. He's actively fundraising, aiming to boost the Democratic push to take back control. Meanwhile, Republicans are bracing to defend their slim majority. So it seems like these races could really go either way. What are the central issues driving these campaigns? The battleground topics are reflecting national concerns. Candidates will be trading punches over abortion rights, gun violence, taxes, and inflation. Crime rates and the state's homeless crisis are also in the mix. Plus, how these issues tie into the next presidential race and voter turnout could have a significant impact. These issues are big, and they're complex. Any speculation on potential implications depending on who takes control? If Democrats flip these districts and regain the House, we might see a stronger push on progressive agendas like health care and climate change policies. And on the flip side, if Republicans hold or even strengthen their majority, they might push for more stringent immigration policies and tax reforms. It's going to be a critical battle to watch. Any peculiarities about these districts that might influence the outcome? Great question. What's fascinating is the diversity within these districts, where you have a mix of suburban and rural voters, each with distinct priorities. Also, the demographic shifts and turnout among younger voters and Latino communities could be pivotal. Chloe, it looks like we've got our work cut out for us keeping an eye on these developments. Thank you for such an in-depth analysis of these key swing districts in California. My pleasure, Grace. We'll keep tracking these stories closely as they unfold.
Here are some other headlines for today. The Senate has revealed a bipartisan package aimed at providing aid to Ukraine in the ongoing conflict and at bolstering security at the U.S. border. The $118.2 billion proposal includes $60.1 billion for Ukraine aid, $14.1 billion for Israel, $20.2 billion to improve security at the U.S. border, among various other provisions. This bill has been in negotiation since its introduction by President Biden in October and is likely to face pushback from some House Republicans. In a sobering report from overseas, a drone attack on a Syrian base housing U.S. troops has resulted in the deaths of at least six Kurdish fighters. The attack, claimed by the Islamic resistance in Iraq, did not incur U.S. casualties. This comes amid an upsurge in Middle East tensions sparked by the ongoing Israel-Hamas conflict. Turning to Ukraine, President Volodymyr Zelensky appears to be considering the dismissal of the country's military chief, General Valery Zaluzhny, sparking concern among global allies and potential satisfaction in Moscow. Discrepancies between Zelensky and Zaluzhny have emerged over issues like troop mobilization and the assessment of the conflict with Russia. In legal news, the U.S. Supreme Court is set to contemplate the eligibility of former President Donald Trump to appear on the Colorado ballot in light of allegations tied to the January 6 insurrection. The court's decision could set a precedent affecting Trump's prospects for the 2024 elections. And finally, in entertainment news, the 2023 Grammy celebration was noteworthy for the prominence of female artists. Beyonce, Lizzo, Samara Joy, and Harry Styles, among others, received accolades for their contributions to music, with a special nod to Taylor Swift for her continued success. This concludes our overview of top headlines for the morning. Be sure to stay with us throughout the day for more updates on these and other stories. The aviation industry is once again under scrutiny after a disturbing incident led federal investigators to probe Spirit Aerosystems, a key supplier for Boeing. We're joined by Ethan, who has been closely following these developments. Ethan, can you bring us up to speed on what's happening with Spirit Aerosystems and their connection to Boeing 737 MAX 9 issues? Absolutely, Grace. The recent incident where a fuselage panel blew off an Alaska Airlines jet has really brought Spirit Aerosystems into the spotlight. According to an NPR article, former employees are alleging that there was pressure to overlook defects to keep production moving. This has significant ramifications for Boeing since Spirit is a major part of their manufacturing process. What exactly is the nature of the defects we're talking about, and how might this affect Boeing's production going forward? Well, Grace, it's rather concerning. Spirit Aerosystems is facing allegations of an excessive number of defects in their factory. In particular, Boeing has discovered about 50 jets with improperly drilled holes which, while not a flight safety issue, does highlight quality concerns. The FAA is stepping in now to conduct intensive inspections both at Spirit's and Boeing's factories. Could these defects and the overall issues at Spirit Aerosystems have wider implications, maybe even beyond Boeing itself? There's a good chance of that, Grace. In addition to potentially affecting Boeing's reputation in business, these issues might reflect broader challenges in the defense and aerospace industry. From what Hacker News reports, the merger that formed Boeing, influenced by the Department of Defense, could be leading to oversight issues not only in their commercial aircraft but in military and space programs as well. Those are some serious allegations. 
Looking back at Boeing's history, is this an isolated issue or part of a pattern in their manufacturing practices? Unfortunately, this seems to be part of a larger pattern. Boeing has faced production problems across various models and programs, from the 737 to the 787 Dreamliner, and even military refueling tankers. It isn't only Boeing. Lockheed has also struggled with quality control when handling non-military government contracts. And if the investigation does confirm these defects were knowingly unreported, what could be the potential fallout for Boeing and its supplier? The stakes are high, Grace. Potentially, we're looking at a further tainted reputation for Boeing, legal liabilities from shareholder and customer lawsuits, and more regulatory scrutiny, especially from the FAA. Further delivery delays and production disruptions could hit Boeing's bottom line hard. With Boeing being a major player globally, how can they and the FAA assure customers and passengers that their aircraft, like the 737 MAX, are safe to fly? It's a multi-step process. For starters, the FAA is conducting thorough inspections of the stored 737 MAX aircraft. Boeing has rolled out a software update to the MCAS system, which was linked to past incidents, and they've temporarily halted production to refine their processes. Enhanced pilot training and improved flight control systems are also part of Boeing's commitment to safety. It sounds like there's a vigorous effort to correct course. It'll be interesting to see the long-term effects of these changes. Thank you, Ethan, for your detailed reporting on this. My pleasure, Grace. It will definitely be crucial to keep our eyes on how this unfolds for the future of aviation. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4 Turbo, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.